3, 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 23. Mm-hmm. I want you to get it. And then those who did not have the opportunity to be in Bible discovery, I want you to read that entire 22nd chapter in order to understand <clears throat> where we are going to be coming from here tonight. So 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 23, it just simply says, Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. Very important verse. If you were to read this chapter and just read verse 23, you probably would just read right through it. But the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. Hath spoken evil concerning um, thee. So if I was going to entitle this, if I was going to entitle this tonight, I would entitle it um, The Problem of Evil and a Good God. The Problem of Evil and a Good God. All right, now we know evil is all around us. And we know that um, God is a good God. <laughs> you know, normally when we say God is a good God, you're supposed to say, yes, he is. Uh, we even have a song. God is a good God. Yes, he is. God is a good God. Yes, he is. We know that God is a good God. Okay. Um, but one of the things I think is very important for us to understand, we have to have understanding. All right. To understand evil we must first understand God. You will never be able to understand evil if you don't understand God. If you don't understand who God is, if you don't understand the character of God. Slides necessarily exegete those scriptures tonight, but I'm going to just give you some scriptures to write down. Number one, God Himself is good. Everything about God is good. All right, write down Psalms 11 and 7. Psalms 11 and 7. The psalmist says, The Lord is righteous, He loves a righteous way of life. And decent people will see his face. So God is righteous. God is good. Everything about God is good. And then number two, God created a good world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right. When he created <clears throat> this world, he created it good. Okay. 
God created the world good. All right. Now, even though he created the world good, it failed because of sin. All right. A good world failed because of sin. Write down Romans 5 and 12. Paul just basically in that text tells us that sin came into the world through one person. And we know that was Adam. And death came through sin. We all know that the wedges of sin is death. And then Paul says, so death spread to everyone because everyone sinned. All right. Another passage of scripture said we all were born in sin and were shaped in iniquity. So watch this by nature, by human nature, we have a sinful nature. And anytime you have a sinful nature, there's always going to be evil presence. (laughs) There's always going to be evil deeds that are going to be done. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Number three, one day, God will recreate the world. All right? God's going to recreate the world. And guess what? When he recreates it, it will be good again. Now, you want to write down Revelations 21 and 7. And that's why it's very important that we attend all these sessions that we have, because that's what we're dealing with now in our Zoom for seniors on Thursday in the book of Revelations. Okay, Uh, but one day he's going to recreate the world. It's going to be good. John the Revelator in, in Revelations 21 and 1, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth because the first heaven and earth had disappeared and the sea was gone. Okay. Now, there's evil everywhere. But number four, we have to understand that God is stronger than evil. He's stronger than evil. Uh, Write this scripture down, Matthews, the 13th chapter, uh, verses 41 through 43. He just simply says that the son of man will send his angels. They will gather everything in his kingdom that causes people to sin and everyone who does evil. The angels will throw them into a blazing furnace. People will cry and be in extreme pain there. He said, then the people who have God's approval will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Let the person who has ears, let him hear. In other words, he's saying, listen, he said, because God is stronger than evil. And how many of y'all know God always deals with evil? But now let me let me add this. God deals with evil the way he chooses to deal with evil. He don't deal with it like we deal with it. Okay. God, because he is in control of it, he deals with it the way he desires, which takes us to our next, to our next uh, number five. It says God allows evil. God is not evil. God allows evil. And as a result, he has control over it. Okay. He, 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 he did not create evil. 
but he has control over evil. And then watch this. He's so kind that he offers help to those who wish to overcome evil. You know, the Bible said we got to overcome what? Evil with good. And how many of y'all know sometimes it becomes frustrating? It becomes tiresome. When you're dealing with somebody with an evil spirit, it becomes tiresome. It'll wear you out. <laughs> but then write down St. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. When you get tired, when you get wore out, and he didn't mean tired because you worked 12 hours a day. That wasn't the tired that he was referring to. Okay, all because you ran a marathon. He wasn't referring to come to him after you run a marathon and he's going to give you some rest. This is all spiritual. When you become burdened and down, okay, spiritually in your soul and in your spirit, he says, come unto me, all ye that are tired from carrying heavy loads. And he said, I will give you rest. Take my yoke. In other words, place my yoke over your shoulders and then I like this part of that verse. He says, and learn of me. Don't you all know that all throughout our Christian walk, we're in school. We are students. We are students of God. He says, you have to learn of me. Now, people who miss class, people who ditch, they're not going to have much learning. Okay. You have to learn about God. He says, learn from me. Because he says, I am gentle and humble. He says, and then you will find rest for your souls because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right. Then number six, God uses everything, both good and evil, for his good purposes. Let me say that again. God uses everything. I want y'all to really make everything big or highlight it. Make the E bigger than the rest of the letters so that you'll be able to reflect back on your notes and understand. God uses everything, both good and evil, for his good purposes. Now, those of you that know your Bible, you know one scripture I'm going to quote right off the top of my head. For we know that what? All things. That's the same thing as saying everything. Huh? That means the good and the bad works together for the good of them who love the Lord. And to those who are, watch this, the called according to his Everybody, let me see you say purpose. Well, let me add this real quick. We don't be long tonight, but let me add this real quick. God don't deal with reason. God deals with purpose. We as humans, we have to have a reason for why we do what we do. Okay, God don't deal with reason. Everything God does, God has a purpose. For doing it. Now that was a sidebar scripture, but to go with the God uses everything, both good and evil, for his good purposes, write down Genesis, the 50th chapter, verse 20. You all know that story of how uh, 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 Joseph's uh, 
uh, uh, half brothers did him. <laughs> we always say his brothers. Those are his half brothers. Okay, his half brothers. You know how they did him? And in verse 20, he says, he says, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. So, so, so when you really look at that, God took their evil and, and turned it around and made it to be Joseph's good. And then he says to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So in other words, you was trying to get rid of me, but God took your evil, made it good because he knew he was going to use me to turn around and bless you during the days of famine. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all know people might mean evil, but God will turn all their evil. And when he get through working it out for your good, He'll turn around and use you to turn around and save the life of the person who was doing evil. And so the Bible shows us, it's all throughout the Bible, the Bible shows us a God who hates all evil. And he will one day do away with evil forever. Write down Revelations 20, verses 10 through 15. Revelations 20, verses 10 through 15. So that's the first segment of this lesson. We have, in order to understand evil, we have to understand God. And, and, and when we get through tonight with the help of the Lord, we're going to understand tonight how God uses evil and why God chooses at times to use evil to fulfill a purpose. He's not evil. I want to make sure I keep saying that. He's not evil. All right, let me see. Something just came to me. Have you ever had somebody you knew? Now, you knew. They had stolen some money and they gave it to you and you spent it. <laughs> you knew it was stolen money. You did not steal the money, but you knew it was stolen money and that money still bought you what you wanted to buy. God is not evil. But God will use evil in order to fulfill purpose. God can do it. You know why he can do that? Because he's God. <laughs> because he's God. Okay, that's why God can do it. Now, here's another thing we need to understand about God. <laughs> God does not entice anyone to become evil. He don't entice anyone. Let no man say when he is tempted that he is tempted of God. God, God, uh -uh, God did this to me. No, 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 no. 
Y'all see that big old fish or whatever that is, and you see that being tempted? Bite me, bite me. That's what the devil says. The devil say, bite me, go for it. Huh? But all the time, that worm or that snake, whatever that is on there, is wrapped around that big old hook. And that fish have no idea that his dinner is going to cause him to be dinner for somebody else. Come on here. His dinner. He's going to eat that. That's his dinner. But he don't. He ain't going to enjoy that meal. I mean, you know, sometimes God don't even let you enjoy the meal. Let me move on. Let me move on. <laughs> sometimes God won't even let you enjoy the meal. Not when he's fulfilling purpose. Okay? I know, I know, I know. Have you ever sometimes wanted to do something and, and, and say, I ain't going to do it because you know, it's so-and-so, so-and-so can do something and get away with it for years. But look like the first time I first time I tried to steal something, I got caught. And all my friends and stuff been stealing all, all every week. They were just stealing, stealing, stealing. And the first time I went to steal, I got caught. Y'all, y'all, y'all follow me? <laughs> all right. So God does not entice anyone to become evil. But look at this here. Those committed to evil, however, may be used by God to sin even more in order to hurry their deserved judgment. This is the key to the lesson. There's more to it. I'm going to show it to you. Those Committed, those who are loyal, those who are dedicated to evil, dedicated to sin, those who have a certificate on their wall <laughs> for sin. He will, they, God will cause that individual to sin more. In order to hurry their deserved judgment. Write down Exodus, the 11th chapter, verse number nine. Write it down. That deals with the 10th tenth, the, 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 uh, tenth plague. You remember the 10th the, the plagues? And the 10th one was the death of the firstborn. And so God, Moses, he threatens Pharaoh with the death of the firstborn, although that firstborn was going to be killed. Now, when you look at Exodus 11 chapter, verse number nine, it says, and the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. But now watch this. In verse 10, now, God just told Moses that it wasn't going to happen. But in verse 10, it says, and Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. But here's the part I want you to see. What did God do? And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. I want you all to digest that. You have to understand God. He had already told him it's not going to happen. And he knew it wasn't going to happen because he was going to harden his heart. 
so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his hands. Who hardened his heart? God did. He had a purpose for hardening, hardening Pharaoh's heart. And so I would encourage all of us before I get dive down into our scripture text for tonight, I would encourage all of us, we do not need to understand every detail of how God works to have perfect confidence in his absolute power over evil and his total goodness towards us. Don't miss that. We don't need to understand every detail. First of all, God's not going to give us every detail. Fact of the matter is, it kind of would be nice. Wouldn't it be nice if God would give you the details of what you're going through right now and how you're going to come out of it? No, he don't have to. He's God. He's sovereign. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Far as the east is from the west. So are his ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. Okay? And so we do not need to understand every detail. I could go on and on in that, but I'm going to move on because Jeremiah at one point tried to accuse, Jeremiah accused God of lying. Jeremiah said, now Lord, you said that you was going to bring us out. You, you made us a promise. And it didn't turn out the way Jeremiah wanted it to turn out. And he done fooled around and called God a liar. But how many of you all know Coming out may not, God's coming out may not be your coming out. Uh-oh. I'm going to say it again. God's coming out may not be your coming out. He don't think like you. Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel was just as delivered in the lion's den as he was when he came out. In fact, he was more delivered to me. Yeah, anybody that run out of a, a lion's den, oh God, I've been delivered. No, your deliver his deliverance was why he was in there. And how I knew he was delivered because the lions were hungry. And how I knew the lions were hungry when you read the Bible, it said when 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 he when they took him out and they threw the ones that put him in before their feet hit the ground, they were devoured by those lions. And they didn't throw him from the Empire State Building. <laughs> so deliverance, oh God, I don't know who I'm talking to. You could be delivered right where you are. You're telling God to bring you out. Maybe he's already brought you out. I don't mean to discourage nobody. Maybe he wants you to learn of him. Maybe he wants you to understand his ways. Maybe he wants you to understand he can bless you right where you are because he knows the plans that he has for your life. It's not about coming out. It's about knowing God right where you are. So when you look at this first Kings, so you have to know God to understand this text. When you look at this, that behold, the Lord had put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets and the Lord has spoken evil concerning thee. This is considered one, it's amazing because this is considered one of the hard sayings of the Bible. There's a lot of 
hard sayings of the Bible that seem like sometimes, if, if you don't understand it, sometimes it seems like they contradict, the Bible contradicts itself. But let me say again, and I'll forever say, the Bible never contradicts itself. Okay? So when you first look at this text, let's be transparent here. When we first look at this particular text, God, you know, in our human minds, can be described as deceiving Ahab. Watch, because the biblical writer does not dis discriminate between what someone does and what he permits. There's a difference in what a person does and what they permit. You may not steal, but you might permit your kid to steal. <laughs> okay? And, 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 so, and so, of course, when you read this 23rd verse, God seems to do more than permit the deception. Now, when I speak of the deception, it's because all them false prophets was lying to Ahab. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all call Sister Lori. She'll go over the lesson with you again. <laughs> and 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 and, 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 and Micaiah was the true prophet that's gonna speak a true word, but Ahab didn't want to hear the truth. It's sad when you don't want to hear the truth. Okay, you in bad shape when you don't want to hear the truth. Okay, because he wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. All right. And so and so and so watch this. Let me let me let me let me say it like this. We cannot say that God does evil. That good may come. Now, we already know he makes good out of evil, but we can't say that he does evil, that good may come. We can say that God don't miss this. Overrules the full tendencies of pre-existing evil so that the evil promotes God's eternal plan, contrary to its own tendency and goals. It goes back to you meant it for one thing, but your goal was to destroy me. But God took your evil and and made it good. All right. And so 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 God overrules and I'm going to talk about that more in depth in a minute of how God overrules the full tendencies of pre-existing evil. That's key. Right there. That's the key. Pre-existing evil. Because Ahab had abandoned the Lord his God and hardened his own heart. Watch this. Ahab did that. God allowed his ruin by the very instrument, device, that Ahab sought to prostitute for his own purposes. Namely, it was prophecy. He was caught up in the prophets. 
that was prophesying. Look out for the prophesiers. Come on here, somebody. See, that's why I go, oh, oh watch this. I'm going to say it. That's why folk run from here and there and everywhere. And, 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 and I was watching something the other night, and I, and I didn't watch, mean to watch it as long as I did, but I just couldn't believe that every prophecy in that service was God's going to give you this. This is the year of your business prospering. And then young folks just jumping around and running around the, the, the hotel and everything. I see a car in your future. I see one too. If you have a job and, and, and good credit and go down to the car dealership, I see a car in your future. I see a house in your future. Get your credit score straight. I see all that. <laughs> that prophecy ain't coming from the Lord. That's common sense. So, 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 so Ahab, he, 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 he was prostituting the, 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 the prophets for his own purpose because they was prophesying what he wanted to hear. And so look what happened. Look what happened. God used the false declarations of the false prophets that Ahab was so infatuated with, so obsessed with as his instrument of judgment. Don't miss it. In other words, God said, if this is what you want, I'm going to help you get it. <laughs> I'm going to give you all the scripture in a minute that's going to back up exactly what I'm saying. So God says, if you want to just, oh, God, help me now. <clears throat> God says, if you want to just keep on doing what you're doing, you're already doing it. <laughs> I'm not making you do it. You're already doing it. If you're a kleptomaniac, I think that's somebody that's still, right? <laughs> that's somebody that's still klepto. <laughs> you want to keep on stealing? After I done warned you about stealing? God said, I'll cause some stuff to be put in front of you to steal. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready for this. I'll put some stuff in front of you. You want to keep fornicating? Come on, somebody say, teach pastor. You want to keep fornicating? I'll help your passions. That when they walk by you, you can't control yourself. Don't y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. Because all God is saying is, you're already doing it. By me advancing what you're doing, why am I evil? <laughs> all this going to do is, Hurry you to your judgment. I need y'all to follow me. So, so, so God used the very instrument, the very thing that he wanted, the very thing he was obsessed with. That's the thing God used to take him on into judgment. Now watch this. The fact the fact that God was able to overrule the evil does not, watch this, excuse the guilty prophets nor the gullible listeners. <laughs> they all was doomed. You hear what I said? The gullible listeners. Even though the lying spirit had the Lord's permission this did not excuse the prophets 
who misuse their gifts. They fed the king exactly what he wanted to hear. Their words were nothing less than echoes of the king's desires. Thus, the lying prophets, the king and Israel, they were all equally to blame before God. The responsibility had to be shared. The bottom line is these prophets spoke out of their own minds. Now, let's take this principle just a step further. Because the principle is further confirmed when we note that the passage in question, verse 23, is a vision that Micaiah reveals to Ahab. It's a vision. So what's this? It's still not too late for Micaiah. Don't miss this. It ain't too late for Micaiah. In other words, God is telling Ahab through the prophet Micaiah, the good prophet, he's saying, wise up, man, wise up. (laughs) He says, I am allowing your prophets, because they're not my prophets. I am allowing your prophets to lie to you. That be what he was saying to him. In a sense, God is revealing further truth to Ahab rather than lying to him. He just didn't want the truth. Think about it. If God was really trying to entrap Ahab into a life-threatening situation, he would not have revealed the plan to him. You don't reveal, you don't, you know, people say, don't show your hand. Sometimes you got to have a poker face. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all don't know nothing about poker. I'm sorry. You've you, you seen it on TV. Yeah, just like I have. You got to have a poker face. Some of y'all don't have a poker face. In other words, a poker face is you look straight. They can't tell what you're thinking. They can't look at your eyes or look how you twitch. Some of y'all twitch your lips when you're, you know, some of y'all do some other stuff. No, no, no. You got to be still. Some of y'all scratch. Oh, if I can get you to scratch, then I know I almost got you. So if he was trying to entrap him, why would he give him another chance through the prophet Micaiah? Why would he reveal the whole plan? He was revealing his own destruction. But guess what happened? Ahab refuses to heed God's truth. And he follows his prophet's advice. Now go to show you, so when the scripture says that the Lord had put a lying spirit, a lying spirit in the mouth, really that scripture is saying he enhanced it because they already was lying. Think about it. They was already lying prophets. He did, God just enhanced their lying in order to bring Ahab to his destruction so God could continue with his plan. Ahab was in the way of the plan. 
And God wanted to include Ahab in his plan, but he saw Ahab wasn't going to line up. And how many of y'all know when you don't line up, you got to get out? Oh, somebody say, teach, pastor. You teaching here tonight, pastor. I know I am. Yeah, you got to get out when you don't line up. My spirit, according to scripture, he says, will not strive with men always. He said, I'll give you chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. But you want to keep on doing what you're doing. God says, I'll help you do what you want to do. It ain't that he's evil. He just used the evil that was already in them. That's what he did. He used the evil that was already in them. It was to Ahab's destruction, but later it turned out for the people's good. Well, I got a scripture we're going to go to, and then I'm finished tonight. (laughs) I'll ask if you have any questions, but watch this. Get your Bibles. I want you to read. I want you to get this one for real. Let's go to Romans chapter one. Let's apply it now. Let's apply this. Let's apply it. We went back there with Ahab. We went back there with Micaiah. (laughs) But God left his word for us in Romans, the first chapter. Let's go through this quickly. And then we're gone for tonight. Let's go through this quickly. But let's, let's leave something on our hearts tonight. Let's leave something on our hearts. Look what it says. Look what it says. Verse number 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. In other words, they were already lusting. (laughs) This is what they wanted. So when he says God gave them up to uncleanness, that means God just allowed them to keep on doing what they wanted to do. What were they doing? To to dishonor, dishonor their own bodies between themselves. 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. We're living in a day now. People are changing the truth of God into a lie. Why are they doing it? They're doing it because people have itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear. He said they've turned the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. God says, they're not even worshiping me. I'm the one that created man. Yet they're going to worship man more. Then they worship the one who created man. If God hadn't created man, man wouldn't have nobody to worship. Let's keep moving. He says, for this cause, verse 26, God gave them up. Here it is again. (laughs) God gave them up (coughs) unto vile affections. Uh Uh-oh. God did it. God did it. Somebody say God did it. God gave them up. That's what they wanted. Don't forget. Vowed, dreadful affections. For even their women did change the natural use 
into that which is against nature. Let's let the Bible talk to us tonight. 27, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman. God made man and woman. Pretty girl, handsome boy. Come on. But the text says they left the natural use of the woman, burning their lusts one towards another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Look at verse number 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Oh, what did God do? God gave them up. God gave them up. Gave them over to a reprobate mind. Who did it? Who did it? Who did it, y'all? Who did it? Pastor didn't do it. God did it. Now, when you see that word reprobate, that means perverted, degenerate mind. Ain't nothing but a rascal. God did it. And here's why he did it. To do those things which are not convenient. <laughs> do things that are not normal. Yeah, God said you want to do it, I'm going to help you do it. That's what I'm trying to stress here tonight. And then what's this? It ain't just men and women and men and women and women. That's what we like to focus on. But he keeps going, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of en envy, murder. <clears throat> that wasn't just murder physically. That's murder when you murder somebody with your tongue, when you murder their character, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. That means gossipers. Let's keep going. We're almost done here tonight. Y'all going to get out early. Backbiters. Uh oh, can you guys see that he put backbiters in the same thing as those who have unnatural? Come on. See, we, we like to focus on certain things. We got to be very careful. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, all the proud folks, boasters, inventor of evil things. They didn't even invent evil things. <laughs> as if it ain't enough already here. Avengers of evil things. Uh-oh. Disobedient to parents. When kids are disobedient to their parents, he put them on the same scale. You guys are not listening here. They're on the same scale. Without understanding, covenant breakers. In other words, can't keep your vow. Make a pledge and don't pay it. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. The covenant breakers. Without natural affection, there it go again. Natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Don't have mercy on nobody. <laughs> Don't have mercy on nobody. Always out to get somebody. Come on. Who knowing the judgment of God? In other words, knowing what God getting ready to do. 
that they which commit such things are worthy of death. In other words, you know what we're doing is going to cause us to die. But not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, we know what the judgment is. <laughs> it's going to be death. And he said that got so bad that not only do we enjoy doing it, but we enjoy watching other folk do it. Come on, somebody. I steal and I enjoy you stealing. It's right here in the text. <clears throat> All right. Bottom line is what he's telling us. Come out. Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Said the Lord of hosts. God says, we got to come out, saints. God's not playing. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. How many times have he had to say, you know, when he got ready to cut it down, and the, the vineyard dresser said, no, don't cut it down. Don't cut it down. Please, please, please give this tree one more chance. He said, give me time to water it. Give me time to fertilize it. Give me time to dig around it. Give me time. Please give me time. And the Lord said, you know what? All because you interceded. Let me help somebody here. We cannot ever stop interceding. Okay, it looks like the more we intercede, the worse sometimes people get. But we cannot stop interceding. Say, Lord, give them one more chance. I know you're tired. You probably didn't run out of fertilizer. You don't run out of water. You're tired, but no, you got to, we got to stay there. We got to intercede. Because the judgment of God is at hand. He said, Let me do it. And then and so he said, Okay. All right, I'm gonna let I'm gonna allow you one more year. Just one more. But if I come back and this tree is not what it's producing, what it's supposed to produce, I'm gonna cut it down. I hear what I was thinking about, and I'm finished. Just now 722. We're gonna be done by 725. We are in what we call the end of the church age. Now, what I've been noticing as I study and read the Bible, that tree had a time limit. <laughs> Give me one more year. Think about it. How many of y'all, if he said, if the Lord told you you was going to die, May the 4th, 2022, we'd have a lot of stuff to get right. Plenty of time to get it right. Some of us will start working now. Think about it. They had time frames. We don't have no time frame. Because we don't know when. <laughs> we don't know where. We don't know how we going to leave here. So he don't, we, we have no time frame. That's why the old folks say, be ready when he comes. The Lord put a lying spirit in all of the prophets that were already lying. They weren't good prophets, and then he turned them into lying prophets. They were already lying. So what God did, he enhanced 
what they were already doing. And he did it with a purpose. He did it with a purpose. Deception is bad because Ahab probably could have stayed alive had he not disguised himself. They didn't even know who he was when they threw the spear at him. If he had went out as a king, they would have protected him. But see what deception does for you? It'll make you dress down. Oh, y'all ain't gonna help me here. Ah, glory. It'll make you dress down. Just what I said. Had he went out like a king, they'd have protected him. But deception made him dress down. And when he dressed down, he said, I'm gonna be casual today at this battle. And uh, they threw a spear and they hit him, not even knowing that they were hitting King Ahab. That's what deception does. That's what the devil does. And so let's be mindful. Speaking the truth to power. Let's say what we mean, mean what we say. And, 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 and that that we need God to remove out of our lives, God, please remove it. So you don't have to enhance it. Because when God enhances the evil in your life, you may believe one thing. It's for your destruction. God don't enhance evil in your life to get you to come back to him. Because you're already having trouble. You're already struggling. So if he enhances it, come on, it makes it worse. Any enhancement of God when it comes to evil. He's not evil. He's a good God but he's going to fulfill his plan and his purpose. And you know what? If God's purpose is to move some people, guess what? God will move us. He will. God will move us. If that's his, if, if, if it's a hindrance to the plan, God will move us. And so be blessed. All right. Anybody have any questions? Anybody have? I explained it to the best of my God-given ability. <laughs> And as close to the word of God as I possibly could. Because I believe when you have scripture to back up what you say, then go to the book. Go back to the book. Amen. And get it from get it from the book. It is not God's desire that any should perish. He's, he's now standing with outstretched hands. He's still saying, come. And those, we have scripture that if we sin, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. If we ask God for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to forgive us. All right. Thank you all so much for being patient and listening.